Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. This is Krista. And this is Catherine. Yay, we're here. First and foremost, everybody, we want to thank you for listening. And, you know, if you've been enjoying what you've been hearing, then we hope you will go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Acast, all the awesome little places that you can find our podcast and give us a review. Give us some five stars. And um, if you only got four stars, don't, don't even bother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We didn't mean that, but we're hoping you'll give us five stars because we think this is a fun and crazy podcast with some value of empowering women and men in their partnerships. Yeah. And you can also um, check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Holy Fuck Podcast. And we would love to invite you to go over to our websites, katherinemcclellan.com and kristakimcoaching.com. See all of our offerings and see ways in which you can contact us and potentially work with us. We would love to get to know you. Yeah. Yep. Because we're all about what? Spread the love. So what are we going to be talking about today? I think we're going to talk about some fun stuff. It might not sound very fun because it's going to be resentment, maybe, sacrifice, but we are going to also talk about romance (laughs) and how all those things work together. Maybe some sex thrown in if you're listening long enough. So I was going to say hard enough. (laughs) Well, you know, you should have. (laughs) I should have. No, I did. Okay, we're all done. So what made you think of sacrifice? I think it's an amazing concept. Like we have this idea that we should compromise in relationships, Mm -hmm. right? We're like, oh, we're brought up that way. Everyone's like, relationship takes compromise. It's give and take. I don't know. It just feels like everywhere we go, someone teaches us that compromise is a good thing. And I'm just here to say, "Uh uh-uh. Nope, no way. Not doing Can't it. do it. Can't do it. Not doing it. Not doing it. Because what compromise involves is giving something up that's actually important to you. And it means that nobody wins. Not, this is like a lose-lose. <laughs> Forget the win-win. It's a lose-lose. So compromise means I don't get what I want. You don't get what you want. So it's not a recipe for that success. That sounds like shit. Like yeah. who would base a partnership or a relationship on that, right? Um, most of the world. Most of the world. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we're setting up a new paradigm because that's who we are. So what I've learned about this and what I've seen happen is that people will say yes to each other, mm-hmm. right? So maybe in one of my relationships slash marriages that we aren't going <laughs> to specify about, I might have had some man in my life who would say yes to me Mm. and then be furious at me because he had some, first of all, some didn't want to do it, but second Mm -hmm. of all, some expectation of what he would get from doing it, Uh. which I also think is is kind of a crazy thing about, you need to kind of say these things out loud. Like, if I do that for for you, will you have sex with me later? (laughs) (laughs) If you're bargaining, you should know you're bargaining, right? (laughs) Instead of, hey, I have a need, would you help me out and take the trash out? 
uh, if the other person thinks they're getting sex for that later, <laughs> that's kind of a low bar, but uh, okay. Um, uh, maybe the whole house being cleaned, not just yeah, the trash being taken yeah. out. <laughs> and, you know, the other funny thing is the concept of getting sex, like who's getting sex from who. And so Chris and I have been throwing around some ideas here about romance and how um, about this idea that Dr. Ruth herself uh, brought up to us, and she called it, it she, I think she was on a show with Conan O'Brien when he was very young, and she called it blue lips yes. for women and blue balls for men. And, and when we heard that, we, we the entire audience started cracking up. It was very funny. And she's this tiny little human being, and she's sort of yelling at Conan, what about women? They've got blue lips. <laughs> so we're here to talk about blue lips today, and we're going to talk about the fact that women have specific needs. And this part of the conversation is actually pretty sexually motivated, I think. But um, that when women get their needs met, and, and they may be deeper than women even realize, when they feel really loved and cherished, and you ladies know what I'm talking about, when you feel like that guy is just so there, and he's so on your team, and he thinks you're amazing, and he adores you, and he provides things like flowers and I don't know if it bedsheets are your thing, like whatever he does. <laughs> yeah, it really does matter, like, what it is that you feel, val- what, what you value. And I think yeah. we've had that value conversation before. So, you know, what's going to feel good and romantic for you is not going to be the same for me. But if my man takes the time to figure out what that thing is, then I feel very special and it lubes the joints here. Lubes, lubes <laughs> the joints. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Oh, wait. Do my wait, that, lips have joints? That's not a joint. Um, but anyway, we'll leave it near the pelvis joint. How about that? Yeah, so the funny thing is, too, is you can't always make the other person figure it out. Sometimes you have to tell them. And in the whole thing of telling them, they have to figure out where it lands inside them. Because right. if they're going to have to sacrifice in order to give it to you. Right? Exactly. If they actually feel like they're sacrificing back to compromise, we're in a big trouble because mm-hmm. now they've given a part of themselves away to give you something. Now you have to give a part of yourself away to give them something. Now they're not two whole people and you're all enmeshed and messed up, right? I'm starting to feel myself getting triggered on this uh, conversation. Right, yeah. <laughs> so we were talking about this because I came back from Washington, D.C. last week. And I had a very specific request of my partner that he come pick me up at the airport. It was a big ask. I think it's bigger than a request. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big ask. So what that entails where we live is two to three hours in traffic in L.A. um, And it's a beautiful day, which means the beach is (laughs) is backed up. And it means... Picking someone up and turning around and driving them that whole way back right. home. So, so by the, the whole day, the whole the whole day, and you could be in San Francisco, but right. instead you just went in a circle. Mm-hmm. So it's a big ask to somebody to come to the airport, and I just really felt very vulnerable. My trip to Washington was exciting, and it was about my second book, but I felt really vulnerable, and I wanted to come home and be kind of held and loved, right. really, really romanced in that way, and. I grew up overseas, and I remembered when I was trying to talk to him about it, I remembered that coming into America felt like we always came in at night, and so many times there was no one there. Mm -hmm. And we, or or going into other foreign countries, there was no one there. And we would just land, and we'd be like, okay, where are we? And there's no people. 
And every once in a while, someone we knew or my parents knew would show up at the airport with one little sign saying, (laughs) welcome to America or something like that. And it would make such a difference to me. And And how you were received. Yeah, I just really felt home Mm -hmm. instead of like, I got to the airport by myself and took a cab home. Right. And I just, I could really feel this trip was important to me and coming home was important. So I asked him my partner, if he would be willing to come down and do that. And he definitely paused. (laughs) He paused for a long time. But the crucial part of this was that I told him really how much it meant to me and that whole piece about coming home and being welcomed. And, and oh, the other thing I did was tell him he wouldn't be in trouble if he couldn't do it. Like if he really had, if he sat, if it required sacrifice, a really, what he considered a sacrifice, then I didn't want him to do it because I have been resented Mm-hmm. Before in my life, when I've asked people for things and they've thought they had to do it, like mm-hmm. they didn't think they had a choice. And then one of my friends said, do you really think he had a choice? And I, <laughs> I really do. Like he's empowered in our partnership. Right. He's he's supposed to make good choices for himself. That's a plan we have. So well, the flip side, too, is if he would have agreed to that, trying to make you happy oh, been and then resented you on the back end. It's then it just is creating unhappiness for you. So it doesn't do when you sacrifice for someone, you're not really doing the ultimate job that you think you're doing for the person. You're never right because that underneath resentment is so big. And we see this happen so much, right? So this was a ridiculous ask. Nobody should ask their boyfriend to pick them up in LA. (laughs) Nobody. But you did. (laughs) Catherine did. So this is what I love what he did with it. So he decided that in order not to make it a sacrifice, he was going to have to do something with it. So he left early. Mm-hmm. He went to a place he loved. He took a hike that he hasn't taken in years because he doesn't live in L.A. anymore. And he took himself out to dinner. He did all those things before he picked me up at the airport. Right. So he filled his tank. So he was totally full. And he did some things that he hadn't done. He went to restaurants he hadn't gone to. You know, He made it so Fun. that he couldn't have done those things. Where we live, he had to do them in L.A. Right. So it was such a great example of him saying, not only will I not do this if it's a sacrifice, but I'm going to actually take it and make it fun for myself. So then I'm full when I pick you up late at night. You're tired. You've gotten off a plane. And I know I'm going to have to drive home. I'm not going to be expecting you to get behind the wheel after you know a day of traveling. And it was so great. That's sweet. Because... He could come home, give me this gift, which was intangible, right? Except for the whatever Uber, $100 Uber that it would have cost me. But it was basically intangible. He could give me this gift and I could feel so welcomed and so home and so held by him. And so my he question is, didn't give anything up to do it. Yeah. Did it? you give him sex. (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking about bargaining here. Um, No, but what we are talking about is when someone provides in that way and provides for your needs in such a loving way, what it does typically is it opens your heart up to that person and it opens up the environment and the body to be more loving and be romantic and be sexy. Right. And so we 
really looking at this is like the this is in my second book, which was why it was so funny that it was kind of power uh, coupling. Well, my second book doesn't have a title yet. Oh, something. The first one is power coupling, which is great. The second one is much more sexy and about much more about sex. This conversation. What I noticed about it was like happening simultaneously while I was writing the book. Like that's so crazy that you're writing a book and then everything's happening in your life around it. And it was so sex. We were right. That's where we were. Yep. So even with the huge romantic gesture that it was, we got home at 1230 mm-hmm. at night. I had been traveling all day from the East Coast and my cat was very, very ill. So the first thing I did was lie on the floor with my cat and we all lay on the floor with a cat. Yep. And so that shifted the energy, of course. Mm-hmm. And then... If I would have thought, I owe him sex for this. Ladies, you never owe anybody sex for anything. Please, let's get that clear. But I did have the thought in my mind, I should give him sex for this. It's almost like programmed back in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. It is. Even though we know we don't need to, it's there. Well, we know intellectually, but (laughs) we don't know in our bodies because we think that's what we have to give sometimes, or we're totally rebelling against it, and we still it's still in there. Mm -hmm. So it just wasn't the right time. You know, we were exhausted, cat sick, all sorts of stuff's going on. If I would have given what I would have loved to have given, even inside me, like, oh, I would love to give him my free-flowing love right now, I would have been totally sacrificing my exhausted cat-sad self. (laughs) Cat-sad self. My cat did pass this week. Mm, I'm sorry. You have heard him choking, gagging, and purring on our show in a variety of ways. So, so there will be no more pussy no more jokes pussy unless jokes. about Catherine's from here on out. Sorry. Uh, unless they're about mine. What about yours? Hey. Mine's not funny. <laughs> what I, you know, what's interesting about this story is that I have a very similar story, but it's kind of the exact opposite. And it's a story that Great. has followed me the last probably 15 years. And it's uh. because I had someone in my life who did ask me to pick them up from the airport and... Didn't care what it cost? It wasn't really a request you could say yes or no. Right. It, it wasn't a, you can say yes or no. It was a, I want you to pick me up. And at that time, I had three young babies. We're talking four, two, and a newborn. And I was like, you, sir, you're an adult and you want me to put my three babies into a car in L.A., drive two hours, hour and a half in traffic, and like wait for you because you know that's easy. Sit on the side of the road, try to pull over and nurse in between and do all of that stuff and then turn around and like drive back with these three babies and you. Like you're an adult. Take a cab. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if it's because I was just exhausted and I Well partly. I was in survival mode and like looking out for myself and my children. And maybe myself, <laughs> mostly. You but had to. I had to because my, uh, my resources um, were low, right? And so I needed as much energy as possible. And this, I knew if I went and picked this person up, I was going to be pissed. You were already pissed just thinking already, about it completely. I, I was pissed that, she even, that she even asked because I just felt like it wasn't even taking my situation into Right. But let's just say you're allowed to ask for anything you want. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't, people don't have to anticipate our needs, but you're always free to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Right. So if in that situation you were free to say no, it just would have happened like, could you? You could say, you know what? Because of the kids, this really is too much. I really can't do it. 
I'll be happy to see you when you get here. It'll be great. We'll have dinner, whatever. Right? Right. Instead, Instead, it's turned into this story now that is told of how selfish of a person I am and how hurtful it was and how I'm not a giver. And there was like all this stuff that has been said. It's not said anymore necessarily, but it, it lasted a long time because that person then got very resentful. That so you didn't sacrifice. You should have sacrificed. So this is where somebody's f- going to end up resentful yeah. <laughs> if in it's the, not framed right. In the right. feminine, in the women, in women, we find often what we will float into is entitlement after a while. Like when we're kind of caught in our, maybe not our highest self, we can get into an entitlement about, you know, someone should treat us a certain way without taking into account that that's going to cost them heavily. Mm. And in this case, it sort of seems like that, right? So there was this big entitlement story. From her? From from her, right? right. I deserve to be picked up. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I can't do that. And then she comes around and sees it as a slight from mm-hmm. you That I don't her. care. Don't She's love. not important enough. She flew all that way. Why, you know, blah, blah, blah. You should pick her up. Yeah. And yes, in a perfect world, I would love to pick pick her up. And that wasn't my situation. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. So you can see how this thing is very tricky. But there, there is a, a lot of people feel this way. I know a couple of my teachers have said this. But if you can't say no, you really can't say yes. Interesting. So that's where the sacrifice comes in. So if I can't honestly tell you, like you did to this person, no, I cannot do this for you. Without them freaking out, you're actually not in a good partnership. You're in some kind of twisted, needy relationship with them that says, you can't take care of yourself. You have to take care of me first. Well, I think that's why my uh, solar plexus was getting activated a little earlier because I am in a little bit of a tricky relationship right now with, you know, it's been this pattern for me of sacrificing my needs. What do you sacrifice? My needs. My... um, Almost like I'm having to sacrifice the need to have needs, if that makes any sense. Like I'm not allowed to have needs. And I'm doing a lot of work around it because I know I'm not super clear on that subject quite yet because I am still fine-tuning the difference between having needs and being needy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't work with that? I'm sure our audience knows what we're talking about there. So I'm becoming less needy knowing that I can provide myself anything and everything that I need. And sometimes it's really nice and romantic and fun to have some needs provided by someone else. Oh, it's so romantic, right? Ladies, Mm -hmm. everybody who's listening to this, and if there are men listening, we just have to have you know that romance is a huge part of our life. Now, that might not be the word you call it. Uh, My partner and I have a joke. We call it 24-7 foreplay. (laughs) It's like you're never off the hook. (laughs) Is that the joke? (laughs) You're never off the hook. Like you're always, you know, the, the man who is trying to have his woman be open to him, who really sincerely wants openness in a woman, Mm -hmm. needs to be somewhat preoccupied with that while he's inviting her to meet him sexually. Right. So my person is not needing me to be open to them in that way right now. Nope. So it doesn't have any of the romance or that type of sweet nurturing thing happening. 
And so I'm having to right now, I'm not having to, but what I am doing is I'm sacrificing getting this physical part of my needs met. But what I am getting is a really strong friendship and camaraderie and support with a lot of things that I'm needing support with. And I value that. So, I mean, it's a huge part of the relationship. And it is, I can see myself getting a little bit, it's weird because I wouldn't necessarily use the word resentment. It's more, at first it just starts off as like, I get my feelings really hurt. Yeah, but then it turns into anger and resentment. And then it turns into (laughs) anger and resentment. I think that's what I'm trying to explain is that we don't necessarily always just go into resentment right away. It starts with these other feelings that then if we hold them long enough, we get resentful. You know, it's funny. I remember there was a man in my life one time who I said something like, God, if, if, if men would just figure out if they could just unload the dishwasher and take the trash out, we might actually really be more available in bed. Mm-hmm. And um, so one time he unloaded the dishwasher and he literally thought that doing that once was actually going to result in me like running upstairs and having sex with him. And it was just so funny to me because I, I didn't mean that, but the way it was heard was, and so then the resentment came because he thought he had the formula. Crack the code. <laughs> Crack the code. So here's the difference. And this is what we've been talking about. And one of the things that maybe you're sacrificing a little bit that maybe we should look at is this whole thing of sex and romance and men needing sex and we need romance. So blue balls or blue lips, one of us is like out in the cold. If we can work this together, and I mean without manipulation, right? Like we can work this together where he really gets what I personally need from him. And without the field of loving holding this whole thing, Sex can go sideways, and that's when men can feel an entitlement about their need for sex, and it can become force or coercion or all sorts of things, yeah. right? And, and I'm not just saying men, because women can do the same thing, but factually, usually it doesn't go that way. The others, um, I'm thinking I might have been doing a little manipulation lately. Manipulation get... is different. I said coercion and force. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't do that. On the things, masculine but... side, uh, manipulation, we own yeah. the charter on manipulation, us girls. Oh, like if I do Seduction. this to help him, maybe I can seduce him and yeah. have my physical needs met. And your heart maybe needs met, maybe, mm-hmm. I, which I think might be more in the forefront than you remember. Always to care for yourself. Well, thanks for the reminder. Okay, good. (laughs) But here's the thing. So if we, for women, if we don't hold the field of being given romance in a really sweet, loving field, we can become entitled. And sort of like maybe the person who required you to show up in a certain way when you had three little kids. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was like somehow went wrong. There was a requirement that you had to do that for them to prove that you love them, which means you're not actually free in that. You can't say no. Right. And they then they get to have this big axe they carry around that you're the problem. Well, nobody who's really in the field of love would ever treat their partner like that. Right. So when we're acting with force, coercion, manipulation, seduction, entitlement, all those things, we know we're not in the field of love. So just check the box, say, I am outside the field of love. Boom. 
inside the field of love is where you choose romance, sexuality, openness. So if a woman is romanced, her blue lips turn pink again. (laughs) I see that every time I say it. Don't then she actually (laughs) (laughs) that's all i was hearing in my head when you said that so imagine if she's completely full of all her needs to feel loved and cared for and held on you know in the places that she needs to be held how much she will be a different person and i just had this thought like she gives herself so suddenly instead of him taking sex she actually gives it to him. And so he has the experience of being received and given to instead yeah, of... She's sacrificing to give it. He's getting uh, like he's, half of a version of herself. He's not getting the full... He's not really getting herself. So he's probably having an experience. And so this is what happens to sex in marriages, right? It's like we're all tired, we got kids or whatever's going on, or we both work and we're busy and nobody's taking time to romance, to have this whole thing start to work where the woman feels well, both all... people, both, most of that, both, both members, <laughs> partners in the relationship, a lot of times feel like they are sacrificing. Yes. And who's sacrificing more? And then the resentment right. Isn't builds, that the and builds, fight? And builds Yeah. It's like people are keeping score. And right. when you're in a different kind of space with it, when you actually move yourself into this field of loving, you actually don't have that conversation going anymore. You can always say you're no. you're just giving. Because you're giving. And not sacrificing. You're giving to provide something that you know is going to create openness and loving feelings and peace within the relationship. Absolutely. And you've got what you need. And that's what we are always saying about women is we forget we have needs. We go, so you're single and you're listening to this. On your first date, did you forget your need to go to the bathroom? Did you forget your need to be Have sober? your drink paid for? <laughs> <laughs> did you forget your need to automatically. be... Um, you know, did you go somewhere? Did you create enough of an environment that he would know what kind of date would work for you? Right. You know, were you dressed for the Ritz and Which he is took the framework. you to... The, yeah. Did, like, did you set up the framework for what your needs were prior to going? Right. And you do it gently. You do it gently. And you don't have to have it be your way. Like, I could go on a picnic at the beach. That's great for me. If I am asked what I want and I say, oh, I'd like to go to the beach, but really I want to go to the inn and have a beautiful dinner, I am already messing with this beautiful balance because now he's providing something I don't even want. Right. And he doesn't even know it. And you're going to resent him anyways, even though he didn't even know it. Going to resent some date and having experience you didn't want. I know. I know. (laughs) Haven't you had somebody like do an anniversary with you all wrong? Oh, have you ever? Never, (laughs) right? Yeah. And not their, you know, not really their fault. But one thing I will say is that women, we need to be more vocal about what we want. Because we want, we assume that they can show up and provide us exactly what we want. Or we actually, I don't know if it's assume, we think it's more romantic. We do think they can read our minds and think of all the perfect things that they could do. Think about how romantic. Think about how romantic it is to actually get what you want so that you actually say, would you like me to go pick out the bubble for our anniversary? (laughs) Or would you like me to take a picture of it in the store and tell you which store it's in and you could go get it? Or would you prefer I go get it and get it wrapped and you can just bring the card? Because if you take that stress off the other person to meet your need in that way, they can show up 
not resenting you. If they feel like they had to jump through hoops to make the, create this perfect night for you, they're going to arrive at the night completely stressed out and in fear of like not making you happy. Do you think they're going to be super open and like ready to like rock your world? No, they're going to show up exhausted and like, is this date over yet? <laughs> in a pan- and they're going to be in a panic about whether they're doing it right. And they're going to feel it even double a month later when they get the credit card bill. Yeah. Like, That's how much they had to pay Damn. for it. Damn. <laughs> And again, it's like, it's such a delicate balance because if it's sex and romance without love, it's coercion and manipulation and entitlement and force and all that shit, right? We see it happening every day. She wants flowers. He's like, whatever. We saw it with Nurture Man and me. It was like, I had the romance and the sex, but I didn't have the love. And so I resented I don't know if I resented myself or him or the situation. I'm not really sure where. You're just damn resentful somewhere. I was, well, the the relationship and the experience couldn't be the full expression because I was having to sacrifice my need to have love in the relationship in order to experience the fun and the friendship and the outings and the laughter. You know, all the things we got to experience together came at the price of, but it didn't have love. Now, who hasn't done that? With a guy they were dating, like we used to call him the good resume guy, the great resume guy. Like he had everything. There's two guys I can like right off the bat, everything. They had everything I wanted. Nice cars, nice homes, like family, houses in Maine, you know, like huge, you Mm -hmm. know, everything, everything you think you would want on the outside. And you cannot abide their presence. Like you're just, and you go out with them still. You go out with them maybe three times. You keep thinking next time. Hello. (laughs) Next time I'm going (laughs) to like this guy. Next time. And you don't because there's something off. And this gets tricky. It's Because it's almost like a percentage when you've got like, (laughs) you know, everyone says, oh, well, nothing's perfect. But it's like, what's the percentage of like, okay, Mm. so 90% is great, but I'm having to sacrifice 10%. Like, is that still an okay place to be in relationship? Well, I like, think that's a great point. Of some sort. I don't know. No, I think that's a great point. Sorry, I interrupted no, you, but we always do that. What is the difference between not having every single thing on your list answered by someone and actually sacrificing something? Like sacrificing is a big thing. So let's say it this way. If you have a need that you're not getting fulfilled, you can't be yourself. You can't be the beautiful, loving, gorgeous, spiritual, amazing woman that you are, Krista, right? You cannot be her without everything you need. But there's like another list of 25 things that you want (laughs) that have nothing to do with what you need. What you really need is someone who's loyal or, you know, whatever your list is, right? Mm -hmm. So give me a couple from your list. What do you really need from a relationship to be able to open to the relationship and sexually and really be present there for? Definitely loyalty. Definitely graceful communication or like sweet communication. Kindness, compassion, respect, honor. All of those things. I mean, I could make a really long list of all the things I want, but... Some of them, you know, they overlap. Right. They do. They do. And right now I feel like I'm having, I'm getting better at it, but in the past I was having to sacrifice voicing my needs. Mm. Now I've started to voice my needs 
And I'm not saying they're getting met. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also not but in I'm not, that relationship partnership yet. Right. And I don't really get to have that expectation. But it is a good place to be practicing asking for what my needs are. And he doesn't have to provide them. And I have exactly. a choice of whether I want to spend my day or time with him or not. Exactly. And Everybody past, has a choice. I would have still stayed and hung around even when my needs weren't being met. I'm getting a little bit of my growth right now is when they're not, my needs aren't being met. I'm okay walking away or going home or that was fun. Bye. And I'm not holding the resentment because I'm making an active choice to leave and take care of myself. Whereas in the past, my needs weren't being met. So, but I would still hang out and hang around and spend the day and doing what they want to do and not necessarily what I wanted to do. And I'd get to the end of the night and be like, oh, I didn't get my needs met and I didn't do the things I wanted to do today. I have blue lips. And I got blue lips. Fuck <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> so now no I'm fuck. like, I need something else. Yeah. So now if my needs aren't being met, that's fine. But if I decide to stay, then that's on me. Yeah. So it, the resentment is the, the, the what is it, um, victim story. Mm-hmm. It's I'm at the effect of you instead of I made a choice to stay. This isn't turning out the way I want. I think I'm going to go home and take care of myself. I just need to be by myself right now because this is too hard for me. What you were talking about just a minute ago was self-sacrificing. So nobody even asked you to do it. Right. And they weren't even aware of it. Think about how many times that happens. We're like, oh, I'll just give someone so-and-so. You know, I'll just give them sex every single day because I know that's going to make them. And they're like, okay, this is good, but I don't really need sex every day. But I'll keep taking it because you're giving it. And meanwhile, you're depleted, you're exhausted, your body's not functioning correctly. Now, I'm not saying it always is like that. I've had and times angry, in my life. And they have no idea why you're angry. Right. You're like, and then you're like, I'm not going to make your fucking dinner. And like, what happened? You know, or you, you know, you yell at the kids when they won't get in their car seats. Never happened, by the way. You know, it, it's so exciting to kind of catch these things, nip them in the bud and really talk about, Wow. I did that. I chose to sacrifice myself. I'm not getting what I need. And I'm blaming it on you. I'm calling and we, you the person. And who, we do that not just in sex and partnership. We do it with our bosses, oh. with our children, you know, extended family, so many different other areas in our life where, you know, your boss asks you to do something and you do it, but then you're like bitter and not enjoying your job anymore. And it like builds and then you want to quit. And they're like, why are you quitting? It's because, well, you asked me to do all these things, but you never spoke up and said, I don't want to do the things. And it's like these, so these situations, they spin out from one choice, one tiny little sacrifice can spin into a big shit show. Well, and you know, you realize that one tiny sacrifice turns into a snowball, right? So it's like, it might seem like, you know, one day you come in at eight o'clock and you think, okay, I'll just do this once. And then all of a sudden, inside the structure, you become the one who comes in at 8 o'clock or the one who brings coffee with you. And if you don't, everybody's like, what? What happened? And you find yourself caught in this, it's expected of me, and you no longer speak up of, I'm not actually due at work till 9, and I'm not fucking bringing you people coffee anymore. But it just gets caught in the system and everybody just thinks you're so happy to provide this and you're not at all. But I think there's also some people who that's how they build their identity. It's like they just sacrifice for everyone because they think it makes... the martyr complex. Yes. Uh, We don't know anything about that. (laughs) 
No woman has ever martyred herself. So they find pro- they're proud of the fact that they they I think they think they're giving. Yes, they they're are such big givers, but really they're just sacrificing themselves over and over and over. Which I would say this person, my airport person was like the queen of sacrificing mm. herself over and over and over for other people, which is probably why she didn't understand why I wouldn't sacrifice myself for her. Of course, she, you yeah. should. You should. Whenever you hear anybody use the word should, know that you're in a problem state. That is not, that's not a good place to be. But if someone is like that, they're, of course, going to expect you to. Mm. You know, I was talking to a young woman on the phone, and she was telling me that, you know, her family expects things of her. And she has a really hard time, now that she has her own family, sorting out all the expectations around her. And she ends up being so pissed and vulnerable and resentful and hurt. And then she runs it through her own emotional system. (laughs) I know our audience knows what we're talking about. We've all worked through this. It's all part of the process of maturing and growing into ourselves. And what a great thing to start looking at. Are you sacrificing? No one should sacrifice. We are taking a stand on this today. (laughs) We're saying no sacrifice, only give from your overflow when you're full. You know, when Mr. Delicious could show up at the airport after his hike in the canyon and his lovely dinner that he always goes and finds himself that's exotic in some way. And I get off the plane and he's standing there because the opposite would have been he shows up depleted and like hey where's your bags get in the car the meter's out like right and then you're just like you're wanting this nest to fall into and then it's not provided and then it's like well why bother why did he bother driving down and doing it when it didn't have the outcome that you were looking for so i really honor him for hearing you and making you know, he didn't have to make that decision. And he I love the not. way he did it. And I love the way you guys worked in partnership around it to come up with the framework and the, uh, allowing him, you know, letting him off the hook if he didn't want to do it and not holding that over his head. I mean, that's so important. And I really want to repeat what you said earlier about, um, it was something about the no and the yes. Like if you Oh, if you know, can't say no. If you can't say no. You can't say yes. Right. I think that's huge. I'm going to think on that for a week. Just having the thought my life. about sacrifice, like what the underlying issue is under that. So, because we also know there's certain people who have just never sacrificed. They've just moved through life without the belief under there that they need to sacrifice themselves. Yeah. And I think those people a lot of times have been, oh, that person, they only look out for themselves. Yeah, I think they are thought of as selfish Well, the question is, is that true? Because there are plenty of people who don't live in a loving field with people, and they think the only way to get their needs met is to go for it, right? And a lot of women have made this choice over the last 50 years because they were so subjugated and so not given their needs. They're like, fuck you, I'm going to get my needs met, right? It's the pendulum. You go from sacrificing everything, everything, then to get that power back, you swing over and you have to become a little bit selfish in a Kind of like a tyrant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You have to become selfish in order to build that muscle to reclaim your time and your energy. And then you can soften and have a little bit more balance in making like self-honoring choices. See, that's what it is. That's what I'm seeing is when you're asking, what is that? It's when we hold ourselves as valuable and worthy and of love and that 
the universe is on our team and that we don't have to scrap and struggle for everything. When we, when we see a bigger reality in our lives and we source ourselves from a place where we feel cared for and loved, then we don't go to those places to get our needs met. We don't, right. we don't scrap with people and, you know. Because I think that woman in my story was sacrificing in order to get, be loved. Yes. So she was trying to get something, and people can feel that energy when you're doing a behavior in order to get something from someone else. Like sometimes some women will do a behavior we've seen called seduction and like leaning in, and and it's not flirting because flirting is actually kind of cool and it's fun. But I'm talking about seduction, meaning you're using your sexuality to get something versus creating something with another person, which is a flirt, right? Where Mm -hmm. you're kind of in a dance with each other. Mm -hmm. But seduction is actually purposeful, right? It has like a... So there's a way that women can do that, right? Mm -hmm. That's very manipulative. And then there's a way that men can do a sort of courting gestures, right? Where they go out of their way to be romantic and, right. you know, throw their coat on the ground or, you know, whatever <laughs> it is and always get the bill and da, 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 where you feel like, oh, can- this man really is here for me. And he's just doing it to get sex. Right. So that whole thing is like, wow, look. So a See, woman- I think sedu- that word seduction is like used as like a good thing in our culture in a way of like, so, like, sexy and stuff but but the way you're saying it right now it really is a manipulation of like like say you're using it with sex one person obviously is not in the mood if you're having to go and seduce them into it so you're trying to manipulate them out of how they're feeling instead of sitting with them and how they're feeling and being with them and tuning in and you know loving about really loving loving them them. which would have the a lot of times the natural occurrence would be for an opening to happen Exactly. You know what I noticed, too, is that women, and probably men, but I can see it in women now, so you see what you're seeing. We actually manipulate and seduce ourselves to be available and open sexually when we're not. So if you you go to a bar and you drink drink in a bar and you're trying to attract a man, you are actually seducing, manipulating yourself to be available to a man that, when sober, you wouldn't be available to. So we're all up in arms, and we should be, about men who use alcohol or drugs to change a woman's uh, experience so that she's less able to refuse you sexually and more sort of like whatever but we do it to ourselves. Absolutely. And that freaked me out when I first thought of that. And how we don't realize that what we're doing is getting in between all of our intuition, all of our awareness. We're sacrificing our intuition we're and awareness. We're totally sacrificing ourselves just because of what? So we'll feel popular. A dingling. <laughs> A dingling. My dingling. My dingling. On that note. <laughs> On that note. Yeah. So isn't that crazy? And I don't mean this as as twice victimizing women in any way. And I certainly, we all know that we have to be careful in this conversation. But if we go out and we're altering our state so that we will be sexually available, we're the ones who are doing the seduction manipulation on ourselves. And are we sacrificing our real need for safety and for loving? Because 
We don't know who we're going to end up with. And then with. we should resent ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and don't we, though? Don't we sometimes? So, yeah. Awesome. So, um, hopefully you all found this to be as interesting as we did because we got a little caught up in this conversation. Cool. I think it's a fabulous conversation. What if huh? women caught ourselves? I think it's catching, and I, this is what I went to tune into, catch the little things we're sacrificing. Yes. Sometimes, like, we think, oh, sacrifice has to be these big things we're doing. No, we do it these little tiny ways all day long, and they add up to some pretty big resentment. So I think that's a, a really powerful things. way to think about this, yeah. and especially in your partnerships, where they're day after day, and they just incrementally get more and more yeah. broken apart by mm-hmm. resentment. So let's all keep that in mind. Let's keep the love flowing. No sacrifice. No sacrifice. Let's keep the love flowing. Spread the love. We love you.